and is seen, therefore, in all Christian generations, largely a book that looks forward to Christ. The prophecy of Daniel is towards Christ. But for a Jew, this uh, does not come across at all. They do not see Daniel among the prophets. They do not place him among the major spokespeople in their prophetic tradition, but among the writings, among the models of how to live, of the examples of what Torah observance, good Jewish legal observance, is all about. And Daniel becomes a model by which you live, rather than primarily a spokesperson looking ahead to Christ. So these kinds of differences make a tremendous significance when you're dealing with this uh, in a dialogue, particularly with Jewish people. Uh, to a certain extent, the fact that we add Susanna and the story of the statue of Baal or Baal at the end of this text uh, also uh, changes the location for Catholics from our Protestant neighbors and Jewish neighbors both. The story of Susanna and the statue of Baal tend to bring back what was in the original part of the book, chapters 1 to 6, which are Daniel, the young boy who's very wise. And they, in a sense, close the sandwich up from the visions which were in chapters 7 to 12. And by putting stories of Daniel, the wise boy, then his visions, then more stories of Daniel, the wise boy, in the Catholic picture, the apocalyptic and predictive and horror of the end is muted substantially. Daniel for us is primarily, as it is for Pope John Paul II, a book of looking forward to an end which is really a new beginning, which is really a positive renaissance, changing into a millennium and thinking as a time to reform and start new things. As I say so often on these kinds of talks now in 1999, 1998, you know, if Jesus ever did decide to come on December 31st at midnight this year, the person who is likely to be caught the most off guard and surprised in the whole world is the Pope. Because he hasn't mentioned once in the last three years any chance that Jesus just might be coming back. He is very concerned to talk about what we're going to do after January 1st, 2000 begins, which uh, certainly doesn't leave much room for the apocalyptic Jesus to appear suddenly in front of us at the end of this millennium. So, you know, there's two different ways of looking at what millenniums can mean or what apocalyptic can mean. One is a dire consequential end to all that we know. The other is a chance to review where we've been over a period of time and to see time itself as opportunity to do more. And certainly in our Roman Catholic preparation for the millennium, we are dealing with the Daniel who is perspicacious, wise, seeing implications for how you can live things out, and very rarely and in very small degree, to say the least, an apocalyptic vision of Daniel, the one who predicts the end in terror and fire and destruction. Most Protestant readers of this have no Susanna or the stories at the end in chapter 13 and 14. And so the book ends with a very strong prediction that at the end of the period of the 490 years or the 1,200 and so many days, there will be a new beginning and an end to all that we know. 
So there's a tendency in literal reading groups to see this as a strong predictive book about the end of the world. Something that in Catholic reading is almost impossible to sustain if you read the book through. Now that brings me to the first point really for our reading of it that's on our outline. And that is that Daniel should be seen first of all as a unity, as a drama. You don't take one paragraph or one section or one prediction out of context of the whole. This is, of course, a tendency in all scripture reading in all ages. I don't think we'll ever overcome it altogether to pick out the line we want. I feel like, you know, when you go to the football game and out comes John 3.16 rolling over the edge of...